0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. Um, if you've got your bulletin, you've got your UVersion app, this is where you kind of get that open and operable. We are uh, in the fourth part of an eight-part series that um, we've called Before the Door because all of us started today on the other side of a door. Everybody started on the other side of a door. We, we got up this morning and, and we got into our normal routine, whatever that normal routine is. And, and in the, the heart of this series, is for us to look at that part of our day. Obviously, our life in Christ is, should be... Our whole day should be impacted, but when we wake up and how we kind of get everything rolling, I think it's it's pretty and pretty important and so we 've been leading off with this thought that life on the other side of your door is impacted by what you do before you walk through it it just is it 's impacted by what you do before you walk through it, and so we want to begin to on purpose do some stuff that helps us to be able to to live life on the other side of the door a little bit differently with a with a a mindset and uh, focused on God and be able to do that. And we've been looking at Zechariah chapter six, verse ten. And I keep coming back to this because this is one of those pivotal things. When we, if we begin to to ever think that these little things don't matter, well, then we 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 let them go to the side and we we don't make them a priority. We don't work on them because they do matter. It says, uh, "Do not despise." These small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And so, and again, Zerubbabel is one of the, the, the guys there who was, who was integral in them rebuilding Jerusalem after the exile of the people of Israel. And, and things had just been torn down and they were a wreck and, and they were going to rebuild. And, and just the plumb line gets set And the Lord is rejoicing. It's exciting to to see the right things begin to be put into practice because the results are going to unfold. It's going to happen, and it can't happen if it never gets started. And so that's why it's so important. And we've been looking at some different things. Obviously, we looked at at prayer, and and we've looked at spending time in God's Word and and how to do that without it becoming a religious obligation, but just doing it as as us connecting with with a, a living God. And this morning, I want us to look at something that's less of a regular discipleship discipline and something that's more of a mindset and an attitude shift. And today we're going to look at gratitude and to begin the day with Thanksgiving, to begin the day with an attitude of of being thankful and recognize that God is at work and that gratitude is vital in keeping our hearts open to God. It's absolutely vital. When we you'll see even scripturally as we begin to to become unthankful, we begin to distance ourselves from God. And no matter what is going on in our life. There are things we can be thankful for. There are things we can be grateful for. And it's not to, to, to whitewash the pain of life. It's not to downplay that. It's not in that. But even in the middle of some of our ugliest times, there is a place where we can still remain thankful. And thankfulness should be a, a natural expression of when we recognize that, uh, that, that God is, is there with us. In the middle of that, as we sang that song, Not for a second was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place, and there should be this that, that should be a natural expression of that. And it should just come bubbling out when we're aware of just being thankful. Um, one of my favorite stories, every time I teach on gratitude, I, I have to tell this story. And so, because it's just my, my, my favorite story uh, on this, but uh, years ago, Weston is 19 right now. and... He's in. He's headed to Big Lake and help <coughs> helping make church happen there this morning. Uh, but when Weston was eight years old, um, uh, the older I get, um, the more I realize eight is pretty young um, to go deer hunting. But when you're when, you know when you're uh, in your twenties, you know you say you know Keenan, you have to wait till you're eight years old. I'm gonna make you wait till you're eight, and so to go to go deer hunting. So I make kids wait till they were eight. Well, it's Weston's turn. To go deer hunting at eight years old. And Weston's hunt was different than Keenan and Brooklyn's uh, hunts when they, when they were eight. Because we had an opportunity for four dads with four sons that were all buddies to go out and hunt together. And all these buddies where they were tight but like, like little guys... They were competitive, they, they were, man, they were tight, but they were already mouthing to one another on the way out to, the, to where we were going to hunt, who was going to get the biggest deer and all that, and, and um, Weston was the, the youngest one of that, of that group, and so and, and, uh, his buddies. In fact, if you've been going to the, to the rodeo, um, you may have heard uh, Ty Harris, who won as uh, a local uh, rodeo star. Ty Harris was one of the guys who went and got his first deer with Weston. And uh, so he little little Ty is out there hunting as well. And the first hunt, all three boys, all three of his buddies, all get deer, and nothing came in for Weston. And so we sit there. We, he didn't get a he didn't get an opportunity to get a shot. And so we have to go out for for the next hunt. And he, all of a sudden, he begins to be so concerned that. He's going to be the one left out. He's going to be the one that's not going to get one. He's going to do that. And and so what I didn't realize is that he had gone, he, he prayed. He's like, Lord, help me to get a deer. Help me to be able to do this. And I didn't realize this, but, man, he was petitioning God and he was praying about this. At eight years old, this was a big deal to him. So we get out there, and sure enough, I mean, he, he gets the, like, just the gift from God deer comes in. It's just right here. This deer walks in. And it's just like... come on and it just sits there and he pulls his little gun up and he gets he gets little it wasn't even a buck he gets a doe fever and he's like and he has to put his little gun down and he sit there and I'm like man this thing is gonna it's gonna leave and it's just like nope God sent me I ain't going anywhere my, my feet don't even move now I'm paralyzed or something and it just sits there and just waits and waits and waits, And sure enough, he sits there, and he pulls the trigger, and down the, down the deer goes, and, um, and he's sitting there and he' he's got the guy, and, and his, his little head drops between his, between his shoulders, and, his, and uh, I see that he's crying. And um, if you know our kids, uh, Weston is probably the most tender-hearted of the Clark kids and so just like his mom he is really tender-hearted and I honestly thought um, that he was feeling bad that he had taken out this this deer I thought he was crying for this deer and that he had so wanted and uh, but was like having a grieving moment for it and I'm like you know Weston or you know rooster is what we call him a rooster you okay and and so I just sit and sit there, and, I, and then I, I hear he, what he is saying. He's been muttering. And I hear what he is saying. And he's going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he's just crying. And if, if you aren't raised in a church, church, church home the next words out of his mouth are going to make no sense to you. So I get if church is new to you, this is going to make no sense that an eight-year-old boy actually said this. But I'm telling you, this is what happened in the deer blind. He's saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. I kid you not, eight-year-old Weston says you are worthy to be praised to God in the middle of that deer blind. And I look over, and he looks at me, and he has got the biggest smile. And he is just, in fact, I have the picture to show you. <laughs> and there he is, missing a tooth and everything. And so, and he does. He looked like a tiny child. What was I doing having that? I don't know. Anyways, it was a great moment. And, um, but anyways, he was, just, he was just so thankful. He was so thankful and here was what I was so impressed as as a dad in that moment. It's first off that he, he had recognized and he was thankful that, that God had helped him. Because he was nervous and, it, and he was the adrenaline was pumping. But here was the other thing. is He didn't say, I did it, I did it. Look, dad, I'm a good shot. Look what an incredible hunter I am. Look at what I can do, dad. He didn't take any of the credit for it. This gratitude was able to come welling up out of his mouth because him taking the credit for it did not get in the way. It didn't get in the way. So many times I think we miss out on some gratitude moments with God because we hijack it and we give the credit right here, and we all of a sudden we take that, and I, that is the ins, the insidious nature of the sin of pride. The sin of pride begins to elevate ourselves higher than we should. God doesn't want us to have a low self-esteem and think we're worms and all that kind of junk. He just wants us to recognize that that He's in our life. And that we're able to keep this place of gratitude pointing in the right direction. And we recognize God's at work in our lives and it begins to change everything. Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and his, His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him And praise his name. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. This is one of the the Psalms of Ascent. If you remember, we we covered the Psalms of Ascent, not all of them, in the Step Up playlist. And with this, this was one of those things where if we will begin to put some gratitude on, we begin to do this and, and enter his presence with thanksgiving. It begins to simply change. Everything. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Our word gratitude comes from the, from the Latin uh, gratia. And gratia simply means grace. So gratitude, especially from, the, from us as children of God, is just being focused on the grace of God. Whenever we stay focused on the grace of God, I'm telling you, it changes the view of our day. Whenever we go sit there and we put on the grace lens before the door and we begin to to walk through the door and all of the mess of life begins to come at us. If we are looking for the grace of God, we're looking for Him being involved. We're looking for Him to be able to to do what He does. That Romans 8.28 thing where he makes all things work together for our good, Who's, who love him and are called according to his purpose. We're walking in his grace purposes. We're walking in focusing on him at work, doing what he does in our lives. It changes things. All of a sudden, we begin to see, instead of a rude waitress, and all of a sudden, ruining our night out, and just making everything bad, all of a sudden, we a little grace focus goes... Maybe there's a reason this waitress is upset. Maybe there's something going on in her life. Maybe you can say, hey, um, you know, are are you okay? How's your day going? You know, we're about to pray over our food if you do that. Um, You know, is there anything we can pray about for you? I've pulled that one lots of times. Hey, we're, we're about to pray over our food. Is there anything we can pray about? I've never had anybody deny me on that. No. There's always, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, my grandma is this or yeah, that. Or man, the world's a mess. Just pray for everybody. And so, but I've never had to say just a straight up no. And all of a sudden, when we have a, our grace lens on, when we're sitting there and we're, we look at just ourselves and how life is impacting ourselves, man, all things, things turn inward and ugly real fast. When we put our grace lens on and all of a sudden, then we can begin to, See God at work and opportunities for His grace to intervene. And it changes everything. It changes everything. Romans 1.21 says, For although they knew God. Although they knew God. This this isn't people who who think that there is no God. This isn't people who think that, that this God thing is a sham. It's these people that acknowledge that there is a God. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what is the, the, the thing that begins to, to kick off this futile thinking? It's not glorifying God, not recognizing that he's pretty awesome, that he's he's good. Not because God needs the high fives, but because we need to recognize that that God is is awesome, that God is wonderful, and that God is bigger than our circumstances. And they didn't give thanks to God. And all of a sudden, not recognizing, not having an attitude of gratitude leads to futile thinking. It leads to it. Why? Because if we're not able to see God at work in the places that we can recognize it and not say, God, even in the places I don't see it, I believe you are at work because you're good and you're loving and you're in this place, then God, I'm telling you, all of a sudden if we begin to cut God out of it with with thanksgiving, then man, we, we we will cut off so many things he wants to bring into our lives. See, gratitude for what God has done keeps us focused on what? God will do. You know, they say that, uh, um, uh, that there are very few people you know who, who have a, a zebra that they ride around. And so that even though it's, it looks like a horse, and that zebras are different than horses, that a zebra has to be broken every day. It wakes up and it forgets everything from the previous. You can sit there and you can break it, get it where to do it. The next day, it's like it's wild all over again. It forgot everything. And so and that's why you see very few people have saddles. And the people who say they just want the, to, to be able to do it for a circus or something. And somebody has to re-break that zebra every time. So that it will be able to do it. So many times if we don't carry in the previous wins... It's like we can wake up in a new world as a a follower of Christ. And it's like God never did anything for us. It's like he never did anything. If we just don't just remember what an amazing thing it is that, that God loves us. That he's for us. That he saved us. That our eternity has been shifted forever because what Christ has done. That heaven is our home. That ought to just make us excited. That ought to get us ready to move forward. Even though there's some challenges and some, some other things, we've got to stay focused and remember what God has done because it will help us to focus on what God will do. I love what Paul writes. And we've talked about this a number of times through the years here at Celebration Church. But I love what he writes to the Philippian church. Okay, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He gets through this, his um initial greetings that he always does in the first couple of verses and here's the the meat of the letter starts in verse three says i thank my god every time i remember you i thank god every time i remember you man i want to be that kind of person i want to be the kind of person that i I thank god when i think of other people and i want to be the kind of person people thank god when they think of me says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. I pray with joy. I'm thankful and I have joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So hear what he's saying. He's saying, I'm... You're not done yet. I recognize you're still not everything you're going to be. You're not perfect. You don't handle everything right. I am confident that he who began a good work is going to finish it. I'm aware that you're an unfinished project. There are times you hurt my feelings, but I thank God for you and I pray for you with joy. There are times that you disappoint me because you're not finished yet, but I thank God for you. And I, and I pray with joy. Why? Because I'm confident that God is at work and He's going to finish the work He's begun. So many times we get frustrated with one another. We get frustrated with ourselves because we forget that how far God has carried us forward. And that yes, we're not done yet. Yes, we're going to hurt one another at times. Yes, we're going to disappoint one another at times. But if we will stay focused... That God, that, that God is a God who brings things to completion. Creation took multiple days. And he enjoyed every step of the process. Don't you think God can enjoy you in the process? Don't you think that he can sit there and enjoy you even though there are times you drive you crazy? I'm telling you, God's having more fun with you than you are. God enjoys the growth, enjoys you leaning in. Remember, it says he rejoices to see the work begin. It's not we have to bring this finished product and finally God grades it and whether or not it passes and then he's going to rejoice with us. No. God's got a process. God's in there with us. And you and I, that should be a source of gratitude. We should be able to wake up every day and say, God, I'm just so thankful you're still with me. I'm so thankful that, that you are finishing things out. I'm not done yet. But Lord, I'm not where I was. And I know you're going to carry me where I'm going to go. And God, I'm going to enjoy the moments in route. First Chronicles sixteen thirty four says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. That's enough reason to be thankful. That God's good. That God's good. And folks, that is why. At Celebration Church, we talk about the goodness of God all the time because there is a lie that has permeated so many places that God is a mean, vengeful, angry God. He is not. We see God revealed through Jesus Christ. Jesus went to where nobody else wanted to go. Jesus befriended people. Everybody else shunned. Jesus was there in the middle of, of people's messes and was in the middle of their progress. That God is is a good and loving God and His love endures forever. And that's why we can give thanks. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I tell you what, if He did it before, He can do it again. This is why we read the Scriptures and should get some joy out of it. When we see God the testimonies in the Scriptures of of God setting somebody free, that's not just to to be able to, to... document that moment. It's to encourage us that he wants to do the same thing for us. That's what that is what that is for. Luke chapter 7 verse 47. I love the way the message translation reads this. It says impressive, isn't it? She was for she was forgiven many, many sins. And so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. Now, here is the thing for you and I. This is in reference to a lady who, who came in and, and, and poured out and washed Jesus' feet and, and, and anointed him with her, and washed his feet with her tears and dried with her hair and, and anointed him for burial. And everybody's freaked out because they knew that she was a woman with a bad reputation. And this is the response. She's been forgiven much. She she loves much. Now, we recognize from a theological perspective um, that none of us are righteous, not a single one, in and of ourselves. And so our sin was enough to separate us from God. Our sin was a problem for us. And so the problem is there's so many times this place of comparison comes in and And we look at someone else, and we look at their other stuff, and and we forget. We begin to build ourselves up a little bit. It's like, I wasn't as bad as so-and-so or them. And instead of recognizing what we've been saved from and what we've been set apart to and called into, then if we don't recognize that, we'll begin to not be grateful for it. If we don't recognize the depths of it, we won't be thankful for it. And so you've got to recognize, and I love that we see this in Paul's writings, because in his earliest letters, we see a reference. And he says, I, Paul, the least of the apostles. Well, he's recognizing there's this place of humility, in the least of the apostles. And then a letter that's written later on in his life, as he's grown a little more, he calls himself the least of the saints. He's... There's some, some place, some humility there. But then in his later writings, he writes and he says, I'm the chief of sinners. There's a place where even Paul, as he got older, began to grow in an awareness that, you know what? There was, there was nobody more than me that made Jesus go to the cross. There's nobody more than me. And if I was only one, Jesus would have done it. But I can't shake my head at the stuff I see in my world and not recognize that I need Jesus just as much as everybody else. That I needed him. And when we recognize that and we take that in, I'm telling you, this place of gratitude comes in and we're just thankful. We're thankful we're forgiven. We're thankful we have a life in Christ. We're thankful that we're set free from that. We're thankful that heaven is our home. We're thankful... And that baseline of gratitude begins to shape everything else in our lives. See, when we show our gratitude, when we show our gratitude to God, we are doing something that mirrors heaven itself. Now, there are a lot of cool things that the, even the Holy Spirit does here. And where we, in our school of ministry, where Pastor Steve was talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit with Word of Wisdom and, and Word of Knowledge and, and gifts of healing and a lot of these different things. And those things are all for earth. Because in heaven, we're not going to need wisdom. In heaven, we're not going to need healing. We're not going to need those things. Those things are for here on earth. But there's something that's happening right now in heaven. There's something that will happen forever in heaven. That we can begin to do right here on earth. In fact Jesus told his disciples. "On earth, Pray on earth as it is in heaven. Let's look at Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7 verse 11 says. All the angels were standing around the throne. Around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne. And worshiped God saying. This is in the presence of God in heaven. Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. As you and I are being thankful, that's something we do that mirrors heaven. It's something that we do when, when we begin to see without the clouds. The scriptures say right now we see through a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face. There will be this place where we're so thankful for his love, so thankful for what he's done. And it'll just, that can just be all that comes out of our mouths so much. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's vital. Gratitude is vital. And then a lack of Gratitude. Can easily become a barrier to us fully loving God. Second Timothy 3 says, But mark this, there'll be terrible times in the last days. Now watch out before we all get all over here sitting in church. Get judgy and start thinking about all these people out in the world. Let's dial this in a little bit. It says people be lovers of themselves. That happened in the church? Lovers of money that happened in the church. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, ungrateful unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Right in the middle of this thing that we would not want to be identified as as the children of God is this thing that seeps in of just being ungrateful. Of just being ungrateful. If we'll keep our hearts open in gratitude... One of the best things you can do to start your day before the door is thank God. It's just thank Him. Thank Him for the breath in your lungs. Because I know some people who've had to fight for their breaths and they're thankful for every breath and we so many times take it for granted. Thank God for the breath in your lungs. Thank God for being able to, to be alive. Thank God that He loves you. Thank God for all this and it begins to roll out and begins to shift. If we'll begin to... To just be aware. I'm telling you, it will change everything. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, you and I, we want victory on the other side of the door. As we deal with life, we want victory. And one of the best things to do... And start with this verse thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, life on the other side of the tour, it can have us flying high or it can have us sinking low. And our, so, our bottom line this morning is gratitude at the start of the day will impact your altitude throughout the day. You keep gratitude at the beginning of the day, and it'll help you soar. You dismiss it, and you can just be batted around at the bottom of the trough all day. So before you leave your home, connect with God in a meaningful way. And gratitude is one of the most meaningful things that you can do. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.